0: So we have to know that we have to, and you know what, I'll just be honest with you, after I I did this message last week, I was tempted so many times to not be gentle and meek and lowly. Can you believe that? The devil said, oh yeah, you want to play? I'll play with you. (laughs) And people were just ready to frustrate me, but I said, wait a minute, I got to listen to the, the pastor who was speaking on Sunday. He said, be meek and lowly in heart. Even my wife says, yeah, I I heard your message and I responded to it, so hopefully you can be meek and lowly. And the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, 1, he, he learned it, he says, I beseech you by the gentleness and meekness of Christ. So he learned how to do it. He learned how to be meek and lowly. So today we want to talk about another aspect of Jesus, and that is his relationship with the Father. And guess what? We have that same relationship now that Jesus had. The Bible says that uh, Jesus had said that the Father loves you as much as he loves me. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? I mean, that's pretty good company. That's why Jesus could say, when you ask the Father, ask in my name, and he'll give or grant it to you. That's amazing, isn't it? Now, I... When I used to play baseball, we used to play in the streets when we were young, 10 and 12 years old, and we'd hit the ball. Sometimes it'd go into the neighbor's yard. And so we had to decide, do we want to knock on the door and bother the neighbors, or do we want to just hop the fence, get the ball, and run? Was that you, Pastor Chuck? Yeah. I I used to be able to hop over a fence, okay? Now, like, I need a ladder, (laughs) some people helping me, (laughs) praying for me. But some people in the neighborhood would know the neighbors and they would say, you go ahead, knock on the door. They'll they'll open it up for you that you can get the ball. I go, are you sure? Yes, yes, go, 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 go ahead. And that's what Jesus is saying to us. Ask the Father in my name and he'll give it to you. Are you sure? Yes, go, 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 go. Go ask and he'll give to you. The Father knows what you need before you even ask. He's just waiting for you to come and knock on the door. And say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm coming in here. I'm coming in here boldly, confidently, into the throne of grace to obtain mercy. How many of you know we need mercy? And obtain grace in time of need. And that word in time of need means in the nick of time. Just in time. You ever been there? Oh, Lord, I need your help. I need your help now, just in the nick of time. Praise the Lord. So, We are all in the family of God. God looks at all of us as his sons and daughters. And how many of you know that he doesn't have favorites? God doesn't have favorites. He does have intimates, though, those that spend time with him and and worship him and love him with all their heart. But in God's eyes, we're all holy and blameless before him in love. That's hard to imagine, isn't it? And so when he sees us, he sees Jesus. And how did that happen? Because God... uh, Made a covenant with Adam and Adam messed up. How many of you know that? You know why he messed up? He he listened to Eve, praise the Lord. Yeah, that's what, that was the problem right there. <laughs> Are the women still in the church? <laughs> okay, well we might have to scratch that. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but So when anything goes wrong, I said, the wife that you gave me, Lord. That's how we messed up, okay? (laughs) But truth be told, she's the one that's helped me get to where I'm at right now. So praise the Lord. The Lord gave us a helpmate, right? All we have to do, men, is listen to the helpmate, and we'll find uh, good news. Praise the Lord. So let me just set the, the, the backdrop here. Before Jesus came, we were nobodies. We were Gentiles. Let's see what the scripture says. The first uh, scripture. At that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. How does that sound? Pretty bad, huh? We're aliens, we're strangers, we got no hope, and we're without God. We're, we're, we're just sitting ducks out here. We're just like, nobody, who's going to help us? We're, we're not even on the playing field. We're not even in the stands. We're down the street trying to get, we can't even get the tickets to get in to the game, right? And when the Bible says you have no hope, what does that mean? Forget about it. You, you got no hope, and not a lot, you're without God. God's not even listening to you. So I don't know what you're trying to pray about because God is not listening. You're without God, no hope, you're a stranger, you're an alien, you're not even on the radar of God. But God, <laughs> thank God that Jesus sent his son, and but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off down the street have been brought near by the blood of Christ. All of a sudden now we got a new inheritance and so we got a new, new position. Let's look at this next scripture. See, it says, by God who is rich in mercy because of his, what kind of love? To say average love? Okay. Mediocre? Great. great, right? Not nice, not cool, not, you know, really uh, wonderful, but great love. What does that mean, great love? Because that is the characteristic of God. Everything he does is great. So his love is great. What, what do you mean by great? Greater than all your past. Greater than all your sins, Greater than all your mistakes. Greater than all your faults. Greater than all your insecurities. Greater than all your fears. He's greater than all that. And he said, I come to save you with my great love and made us alive together with Christ and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. Where are we Seated? Seated? in heavenly places, with Christ Jesus. Isn't that good news? So, if we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, and where is Christ? At the right hand of the Father. If we need help, what do we do? We just lean over, say, Father, (laughs) I need some help here. Is that not true? Okay, let's look at this next scripture. But as many as received him, that's us, to them he gave the right or the power or the ability to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That means you couldn't earn it, you can't work for it, you can't buy it, all you can do is receive it, a gift. A gift is something that you don't work for, right? If you work on your job and you work 40 hours a week, at the end of the week, you expect check, right? They don't say, here's a gift for you. Said, no, I earned it. I, I went to work. I came here. I got dressed, you know. I traveled on the freeway. I, I labored. That's not a gift, but a gift is freely given. Jesus said, I'm freely giving you this. To me, that's good news. Amen? So let me, let me go back to the history of, of God. When God came on the scene, he explained or described himself in certain names, right? First of all, he was Elohim. That means the creator. Elo- Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Then when man came on, he was a Yahweh. He was a covenant-keeping God. Then he, became El- he also revealed himself as El Shaddai, the Almighty One. He told Abraham, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou blameless. Then he went through and showed the Jehovahs that he was Jehovah Jireh, my Provider; Jehovah Rapha, my Healer; Jehovah Sikkenu, my Righteousness; Jehovah Shalom, my Peace. He was explaining to him who, who he was. But guess what? When Jesus came, what name did he uh, want to show the the God that God as? What was the one name he called him? Father. No. No more do you, call, you, you have to call him creator and uh, um, uh, almighty God and all-powerful God. You can call him father. To me, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. That almighty God who is great in the heavens says, I want to be your father. The same God that threw out the stars into the sky, reached his hand down and said, come on, I want you to be part of the family. Whoa, what about that? But wait a minute, God. You're so holy, and I'm not. You're so perfect, and I'm not. I'm so sinful, and you're not. He said, yeah, I know, but I want you to be part of the family. Glory to God. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. To me, that's good news. Yeah. Now, now here, we're going to take it up a step. You ready to go another step, another, another level? Let's look at Romans eight, fifteen, and 17. You have received the spirit of adoption... By whom we do what? Cry. Cry out. I looked at that word cry. It's a shriek. It's a yell. It's a, it's a cry out from the bottom of your eye. The spirit uh, cries out. What? Abba. Abba. Father. Does everybody know what Abba means? Daddy. Dad. Wait a minute. We went from father to dad? That's a a term that a young child would, you know, greet a loving father with that would want to just be part of them. He says, Dad. Now, imagine with me, if you will, a young man who's like 19 or 20 years old, and he's going to go ask uh, a father for his daughter's hand in marriage, right? He doesn't want just the hand. He wants the whole, whole package. But... Can you imagine 1920 years old you're all nervous you got to go ask this father for his daughter's uh, hand and you know you don't know cuz he might be a big guy like Richard he might be might be a hairy guy like who I don't know He might have muscles and you know intimidating and so you go, he goes over there, and his daughter's name is Michelle Harris, just making up a name. So he goes there, he says, uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Harris, but I would like to marry your daughter. And then he stands up. The father does, and the son's voice like, oh my God, what's he going to do? Is he going to hit me? Is he going to slap me? What's going to happen? He says, he says, I would be honored to have you marry my daughter. And from now on, you can call me Dad." And all the women are going, "Ah." Oh. But all the men go, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute." That's a little too personal. <laughs> that's a little too close. That's a little too intimate. I got a dad already, you know I mean I don't really know you in that relationship. But see, that's the difficulty that we have in accepting God as our dad. Isn't that a hard thing to do? It's called calling out the daddy card. <laughs> and I've had, to, well, I'm going to talk about it, but my, my son calls out the daddy card at times wow. Dad, uh, the lights aren't working at the house. Dad, the jacuzzi's not working. Dad, I'm stuck on the 57 freeway. Can you come pick me up? Dad, 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 dad. <laughs> I don't get tired of responding. That's my job. I'm the dad. Amen? Amen? Amen. Jesus doesn't, the Father God doesn't get tired. That's his job. Amen. Right? I know sometimes we would, in the other church, we would uh, spiritually adopt uh, girls and boys into our family. And so we would tell Charles, okay, now this person, they're in the family, they're your sister. You look at us and say, she's not my sister. <laughs> She just came on the scene. No, She's not my sister. And, well, as time went on, sometimes they weren't. But anyway, so there's a relationship, a father-son relationship. So Charles calls me the other day. He goes, can you take me down to the, the break shop or the oil chain shop? I said, Sure. I'll take you down there. So we take him down there. Marianne and I came. We went to do our canvassing, and then we came back. And as we're coming back, I see Charles driving my car. I go, what is this? Didn't he ask me? Broke into our house. Took our keys. Merrily going on down the road. What up with that? What's the story? What's mine is his, amen? What's his is mine. Except he's a little more protective of his stuff. So, <laughs> Dad, you're getting a little too freely coming over to the house here, you know. Just keep things in order, okay? Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> but but God wants to be a father to us, a dad. Now, let's look at this picture right here. Isn't this is a beautiful picture? That's a young boy needing help and love from his dad, to be encouraged, to be supported, to be uh, protected. You can sell all of his emotions are wrapped in, if I can just hug my dad, if I can just be with my dad. That's the way we have to be with our father. So I was thinking about this as I was preparing, and let's look at this next scripture. Uh, Now, let's go to the part where it says... um, well, we could talk about this first. Jesus used Abba Father. Did you know that? In the garden when he was praying. He went a little farther and fell on the ground and prayed that it, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba Father, Daddy, help! Can you get me out of this? Is there any way that we could change the situation? Is there anything possible? Abba, if Jesus is calling out Abba Father, guess what? We can too. And Abba transcends everything that God is and says, I want to be a dad to you. And so I was thinking this. Now we can go to that scripture, that next scripture. It says, if you then, though you are evil or natural, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to them that ask him? So I started thinking about this. Wait a minute, my dad down here, he would give me... Virtually anything I asked for in his power to do, he would do it. He wouldn't hesitate. And I'm thinking, well, if my earthly dad would do that, surely my heavenly father would give me, right? The Bible says he withholds no good gifts from us. So I started crying out, Dad, I needed help for my healing, right? I said, Dad, Dad, I need your help. I need your healing. I need you to touch me in Jesus' name. You can pull out the daddy card. He can't resist you. You ladies know that when you go talk to your father. Jean, I know, is the leader in this. She knows how to call out dad. Dad, help me, dad. Dad, you're so smart. Dad, you're so good looking. Dad, you're so smart. And, and, and you, you have all kinds of wisdom. Dad, dad, dad. And he knows he's being set up, but he can't do anything about it. He can't resist her. Praise the Lord. So let's look at that picture of Jesus laying And when he's crying out, Abba, Father. You know, you see some of these pictures where it's so pious and so holy, and he's just got a halo around his head, and he's got his hands clasped, and he's on a stone. It wasn't like that. He laid prostate on the ground and was crying out and sweat great drops of blood. Have you ever done that? Have you ever called on the Lord that way? If you need to, this is a message that you can take and listen and and adhere to that. I can remember one time that my father, uh, when he was getting older in age, and he did accept the Lord at about 94 years old, but he was getting older, and so we, he finally accepted the Lord, and he was kind. But uh, in that meantime, he, was, he had dementia, and so he would forget things. So we were about ready to buy our house. He said, I'll help you out, son. I'll give you some money. I go, great, pop, that's just perfect. That, we have just enough, but that extra will be just perfect, and that'll be fine. And guess what? When we're time to collect the money, all of a sudden, dementia sat in. I don't remember saying that. Oh, you're playing with me, Dad, aren't you? I don't remember. Dementia. <laughs> I said, okay, Pop, well, well, we'll just set aside. Maybe it'll come up again. A couple of weeks later, I go, Pop, they're asking for the money. You know, We need to get it on into escrow. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, man. And then he started, you know, lambasting me. Oh, you know, you're not a good son. You, you, you know, all these things, dementia. You, you take stuff from me all the time. I go, Pop, what are you talking about? It's me. It's me, your son. <laughs> Anybody of you that know that they have dementia, uh, parents, they're, they're, they're um, paranoid. And so I'm going through it. I'm going like, oh, my God. So the final day when we needed to turn in the money, I called my dad and I said, Dad, this is it. Do or die. We got to have it. He said, I'm not giving it to you, son. I go, what? You got to be kidding me. We gave notice on our rental property. We're getting ready to move in. So I got in my car and I went through the neighborhood looking for someplace else we could rent. And I cried out from the bottom of my heart. I said, Father, Father God, I need your help. Jesus, help me. And about a half hour later, Marianne calls me, she says, your dad called, he says, come down and pick up the money. I go, what? (laughs) you got to be kidding me. Through dementia, through his, you know, wanting to hold on, he said, I'll give it. Oh, Lord, you heard me, and you talked to my dad, and now we can move into our house. Glory to God in highest, amen? So what I'm saying about that is, To get to that realm where you're tapping into the presence of God and the goodness of God, you have to get into the Spirit. Isn't that not true? Let's look at this scripture. Blessed be the Lord. Uh, One more. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Where? Has anybody ever been to heaven yet? No? Well, where are you going to get these blessings? It's in the spiritual realm. You have to dig down deep and find the presence of God, the Spirit of the Lord. And that means, what does that mean? You gotta turn off your TVs, you gotta turn off your cell phones, you you gotta do all this stuff and not focus on the worldly things, but focus in on the Lord. Be one-on-one with Him and not be distracted, but receive the Spirit of the Lord. And I find out through what I'm believing God for, I thought I was in the Spirit, you know, because you get a little touch now and then. Oh, yeah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, you know. Somebody sings a great song. Oh, so beautiful. Amen. <laughs> Pastor Chuck gives a great message. Oh, that was so good. Oh, thank God. I'm in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Where are we going to eat? <laughs> you know, <laughs> The Bible says that we're praying in Jesus' name, to the Father. And as we conclude these last two scriptures, how do you think God sees us when we pray? Or how do you think he hears us? He hears us, let's look at this, in John 11, when, when Jesus was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, just like you all, Marietta lifted up her eyes and said, Father, right, Vanessa? Father in heaven, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you, what? Always hear me. Why? Because you're a child. When I hear dad, you know, sometimes you're in a big uh, uh, room full of a lot of kids, and they might say, dad, dad, and I look, look, no, that's not mine. Okay? I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. So the Bible says God knows what you need before you even ask, he hears your prayer, he's able to deliver you, set you free, heal you, prosper you, because that's his name. And it's all inclusive in the name of Father. Now, you might say, well, I'm not a preacher, I'm not a pastor. You know, when I, when I go to the Lord to pray and ask for something, I don't just pull out my pastor's card and say, okay, pastor. You know, Lord, here I am, I get a free pass, right? Let me get in there, where's the express lane? <laughs> for my prayers, let these other people go. No, I got to get in line just like with you all. I got to go through the same process. Okay, Lord, I see you, I seek you, I know you, I love you, right? I got to do the same thing. And so you have to do the same thing. We all have to do the same thing. In the last scripture here, after Jesus came, Before, there was just prophets. If you wanted to get an answer from the Lord, you have to go to a prophet. And he would hear from God, and he would come and tell you what's going on. But after Jesus, guess what? You don't have to go to the prophet. You can go directly to him yourself. And he says, no one needs to teach you. Let's look at this. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. That means... You in the back row, you who just got saved, you that's been saved for for a long time, you know the Lord. For I will be, I like this, merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawlessness, lawless deeds, I will what? Remember no more. Amen. I got an amen down over here in the front row. Amen. (laughs) All you holy people back there, okay, that's fine, but for me and for Pastor Charlie, our sins are remembered no more. They, it's buried out there. It's in the sea of forgetfulness. It's thrown as far as the east is from the west. So our transgressions have been removed from us. That we can pray to God and cry out, Abba, Father. Amen. Let's bow our heads as we pray to the Lord. Father, we thank you that we can come before you, not just calling you Father, but calling you Daddy God, because you are our intimate, personal, close God that we can call Dad. So we thank you, Lord God, that we can come before you, holy and blameless before you in love, knowing that you love us with an everlasting love. You wiped away all of our sins. We can come boldly into the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Father, give us that revelation of who you are to to us and who we are to you. We're family. You're our Father. You're our God. And so, Father God, Daddy God, I thank you that we can tap into your spirit, your presence, and your love and your goodness as we cry out to you for the concerns that we have. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and all agreed said, Amen. Amen. amen.